Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on this here program. Hey, you can always follow me on social media at E.W. Erickson. You should follow me on Instagram. That's where I put up the cooking and stuff. E.W. Erickson there, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, you name it. In any of it, uh, we got to get going. So uh, how's your 401k doing? Looks like markets uh, rebounding some today. But, uh, you know, in the last three days, tech giants lost a trillion dollars in value. Now, I want to I want to start this this and I'm not going to spend a long time here, but I just I, I got to say this out of the gate. I've been watching this. I have been watching your or listening to your concerns, watching text messages, reading emails from people concerned. Uh, we're a news talk show. We're, we're not just talk. We're also news. And the news has definitely been the markets over the last week and a lot of people's turmoil. Uh, you know what's been outperforming the tech stocks lately? The the stocks of products you probably use around your house. And as kind of a no-brainer for me, when I was growing up, you know, I, I am I'm not a very good businessman these days. I try to be a, a husband and a father some days better than, than others. And I try to be really good at talk radio. And I've had to now rely on other people for other things, including uh, financial management, investments, uh, things like that. I, and I used to be fascinated by it. I was a member of the National Association of uh, what I- I Individual Investors or Whatever it was called, I learned how to do the charts and value the graphs and, and uh, learn stuff. And one of the things that I learned, it was one of Warren Buffett's old piece of advice, is buy what you use, buy what you know. McDonald's. McDonald's is a stock doing not terrible. Clorox. Campbell Soup. These aren't sexy stocks. This isn't Netflix. It's not Apple. But you know what? Your your uh, paper stocks, your Georgia Pacifics, your power companies, well, some power companies, not all power companies, your dependable, reliable fast food, your home goods and, and home wares, your razor blade companies, your toilet paper manufacturers, the canned soup manufacturers of America. They're doing okay. They're they're doing okay. And there's value. General Mills, Smuckers, Campbell Soup, they've all outpaced uh, big tech stocks in the past few days. And why? Because um, people are always going to want canned soup. Campbell's is not going to go out of business tomorrow, more likely than not. Uh, General Mills, the cereals of America, people are probably not going to to give up on those. And then there's there's Schmuck, uh, J.M. Schmucker Company, food and beverages, dog food, cat food, pet snacks, peanut butter, fruit spreads, frozen handheld products, shortenings, oils. Um, they're probably not going to go out of business. By the way, a good Ohio company there, Smucker. And 
so all I would tell you is, uh, I again, I this is not financial advice. I'm not your investment guy. Talk to somebody. Uh, my friend David Nicholas can help you. Somebody can help you. Uh, but I, 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 I want to say this. The markets are, they're not as in turmoil today as they have been in the last number of days. But don't freak out about it. Uh, investing is for the long term. And in the last number of years, Americans have gotten into this gambling mode with the stock market, where the stock market is where you put in money, you make a quick buck, you get out. And, and places like Robinhood have incentivized that. I use Robinhood. Uh, you could use Robinhood. It's an easy platform in which to research stocks and invest. But I'm not a crypto guy. And, I, and I've got a lot of friends my age and younger who love crypto. I don't see it. As currency, I, I don't see it as a as a wise investment. It's certainly not a hedge against inflation, given what's going on. I just don't find it long-term stable. Uh, I, I realize I don't understand it as much as some do. I think the underlying technology is sound, but you can't go to McDonald's and buy a hamburger with Bitcoin, so I don't really consider it a currency at this moment. Uh, you can't use it in a whole bunch of places. And I realize the tech bros love it, and I don't mean to offend you if you love it. Um, and again, you don't have to listen to me. Don't take my advice. I, I've admitted I, I'm not a great business person. I rely on other people, but I know the fundamentals. And the fundamentals are don't buy it if you don't understand it. Don't buy it if you can't explain what it does. And above all else, I'm a big fan of buying stocks in companies that produce products or some valuable good for society as opposed to just profit for the sake of profit. Profit for the sake of profit uh, will never end well in the long run, I don't think. Uh, but uh, profit as a reward for producing uh, goods and valuable services for consumers, I, I think, is a, is a great thing. Uh, Sonova's Bank, I've got stock in it. Um, I got stock in Apple. It is a tech stock that has been hard hit, but it also produces the greatest technology pieces of uh, devices on the planet. So I own some Apple stock. Uh, I don't own a ton of stock in a lot of companies. I tend to buy mutual funds and allow other people to invest for me, but there are some I just put money in and, and leave it for a while because I'm fascinated by the stock market still. And I have been since I was a kid. I, when I was a kid, I wanted to invest. My mother said no. It was like gambling. Uh, and, you know, if you're buying and, and trading and you're day trading, I, I know people have made tons of money. I know people have made a killing day trading. I didn't have the time or patience for that. I just want to put my money in dependable stocks of dependable companies over time and watch it grow. And as they get older, move more and more into bonds uh, to keep from the traumatic up and down of the stock market. All of this is to say, let's go Brandon, number one. Uh, number two, if you are, you're worried right now, if you're fretting, don't. These things do turn around. Now, I hear the panic from some friends of mine on this, that things are a disaster. I'll, I'll tell you what's really going on here. We are in a political realignment in this country. And those are the times of greatest tum socioeconomic tumult in the country as well. Uh, we have not actually been through a major realignment in any of our lifetimes. It's been about 100 years or so since we last had a major political realignment in this country. There have certainly been realignments, uh, the black voters in the 40s, 50s, and 60s moving to the Democrats. Uh, 
white voters in the South moving to the Republican Party. Those have been trends, though. They haven't been wholesale political realignments. They happened over time. Uh, The closest we have in our lifetime was the 1994 election that put Republicans back in charge of the House of Representatives after 40 years, where Southern white voters in the suburbs, exurbs, and rural areas flipped pretty dramatically to the GOP. But you really got to go back to about Teddy Roosevelt to get into the level of political realignment we're going through right now, where the Democratic Party uh, really, to a degree, looks like the Republican Party uh, of prior years, upper income, college educated, overwhelmingly white. And the Republican Party looks like where the Democrats were. I mentioned Paul Begala yesterday. In fact, uh, let me go back to the audio of Paul Begala yesterday. If you if you didn't hear me in the second hour talking about uh, Begala, he was on with Bill Maher on Friday talking about the Democrats alienating themselves from the working class. Yeah, well, and this is revealing a big secret, so don't tell anybody. We Democrats have a a, a lab, two labs, actually, secret labs, one in Berkeley and one in Brooklyn, where we come up with ideas to completely piss off the working class. And it's working wonderfully. Um, We and... Well, labs, you're saying, yes, oh yes, they yeah. have, they have, and they all have PhDs, right, in pissing off the working class. Somehow, in my lifetime, the Democrats have gone from being the party of the factory floor to being the party of faculty lounge. Right. I, I went last week. I spent uh, Wednesday last week uh, in Chicago with the Machinist Union. Hung out with the Machinists all day. Great guys. Not a one of them came up to me and said, "Gee, I really hope you take my tax dollars to pay off the debt of somebody who went to Stanford." Right. Okay, if, but I have, I, so Biden's under enormous pressure. He's, he's not for it. He didn't campaign for it. He says he'll relieve maybe $10,000, which I suppose is good. But what I'd much rather see Democrats do is go back to their roots, which is earn it. We're the party that created the GI Bill. Nobody called that free college because it wasn't. The guys who got the GI Bill earned it. Why don't we have a system where we say, you want to get out of your college debt? Serve your country. Marine Corps, Peace Corps, AmeriCorps. Not everybody can carry a rifle, but you can you can mentor a kid. And you give two years of service, then you will have earned that and expand it so we have community college, job training. We we need more mechanics, yes. not MBAs. Yes. And that's where the Democrats focus on a bit. More mechanics. Not MBAs. I, again, I mentioned that yesterday, and it, it's so worth playing again because you are seeing this realignment. Uh, the mechanics, the union class workers used to vote for the Democrats. They're now very much voting for the Republicans. And it, it's uh, across the board issues. It is economic because they blame the Democrats. It is also very much cultural. Uh, people understand culture. They feel like their culture is at stake. They're being called culture warriors when they're not the ones picking the fight. It's the other side. Uh, there is a major political realignment going on right now. Historically, that causes turmoil at the socioeconomic level. It's not that socioeconomic problems cause the political realignment as much as it is the political realignment causes the socioeconomic turmoil because uh, people are, are shifting allegiances. They're crossing lines, and that causes stability issues. That's what we're seeing right now, and it's reflected in the market. It's reflected in something going on in the world. Uh, call it the end times, if you will. I have a lot of friends who, who think there's something there to it, uh, regardless of, of it taking that, that high-level approach. The bottom line is that you're probably going to be okay even though it doesn't feel like it right now.
And it doesn't feel like it right now in large part because the market is correcting itself. The economy right now isn't doing well, but our economy tends to improve over time. And you got to take a long range view. And honestly, it could do you some good to stay off social media and the news. Just listen to me. I'll keep you informed without freaking you out. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, can I tell you a secret? Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you a secret I'm not supposed to tell you. Don't get me in trouble by repeating it. I'm actually in the doctor's office with my wife right now. I uh, will be behind the microphone very shortly. Um, the scheduling got a little mixed up. And so I had to rush in, get behind the microphone. Uh, I don't want to guest host. I want to be here with you guys, but I've got to be with my wife right now at the doctor's office. Uh, so understand that. And I will get behind the microphone ASAP and let you know how the scans have gone. Uh, we are actually about to meet with the doctor right now. So, um, I had to take care of this. Uh, I know what time it is when I'm talking to you and know when the appointment will be. And I will be back momentarily. Uh, that's why I haven't given you the update yet, but I will tell you uh, when we come, when I, when I get back, um, I'll bring you up to speed. Right now, I, I do need to let you know something. This is good because I can't take your phone call at this moment if you're mad at me. I, I My morning piece, if you text data to 33777, you'll see it. Uh, I, I, I had some choice words for Dr. Alan West, or Dr. Con Congressman Alan West, former Congressman Alan West, he wants to run for NRA president. Uh, Wayne LaPierre probably needs to be put out to pasture. Uh, the NRA is an organization past its prime. It needs new blood and new ideas. It needs revitalizing. It is no longer the effective institution for gun rights that it once was. Alan West is not the person to take it over. I am not a fan of Alan West. And I finally decided it is worth saying something. Do you know Alan West uh, lost his reelection by 2,000 votes because he wouldn't take anybody's advice? He was a hothead, ran a race he could have won, and ran it into the ground. While he was in Congress, did you know Alan West voted against the Keystone XL pipeline? Yeah, voted against it. He also voted against drilling in Anwar. And he was also the conservative that John Boehner trotted out when John Boehner was speaker, uh, patting John Boehner on the back for uh, agreeing to break his promise of $100 billion in budget cuts. John Boehner had promised $100 billion in budget cuts. Uh, Alan West was the guy John Boehner relied on to try to convince conservatives that breaking his promise for budget cuts was a good thing. He then left Congress and went to PJ Media. He left there under a cloud of allegations about sexual harassment, called a female staffer a Jewish American princess. He hopped from failing at PJ Media to the National Center for Policy Anal Analysis. The, the uh, National Center for Policy Analysis, NCPA, is the organization that came up with uh, the health savings account idea and the Roth IRA. Alan uh, West ran it into bankruptcy and left. He ultimately decided to help orchestrate one of the most successful Texas Republican Party chairmen, uh, orchestrate ousting him from office, ousted him from office as the Texas Republican Party chairman, became the Texas Republican Party chairman, and promptly tried to use the position to run for governor of Texas. He actually uh, cost a real conservative the opportunity to beat Greg Abbott. Uh, Greg Abbott won the primary, will win the general election. West, having failed again, has decided to jump into 
be the NRA president, or at least try to be. The conservative movement should excommunicate him. Uh, we should be rid of the grift because he has been very grifty these past number of years. And I'm sorry. You guys always say name names. I'm naming a name, and some of you like him. I, I think that Alan West is about Alan West. He's not about the conservative movement. And having him try to run to be NRA president, I just, nope, I've had enough. Uh, if Alan West wins NRA president, we might as well be rid of the NRA altogether because it'll be uh, Grift Inc. being led by a grifter-in-chief, and it's just not worth it. If I offend you for being blunt with you, I'm sorry, but you need to know the man's record. He opposed the Keystone XL pipeline. He opposed Anwar. He opposed repeatedly cuts to the budget. And he was the guy John Boehner used to, to uh, excuse him for breaking his word when he was speaker on reducing the size and scope of the federal government. Uh, he has continuously lost uh, elections and run organizations into the ground. And I just don't want to see the NRA run into the ground. It has uh, been hurt enough. Under LaPierre's leadership, I wish they would bring back Chris Cox, who ran their legislative arm, who, by the way, I was a big critic of him. You should know I, I was critical of him, but I also recognize he was very good at what he did and should be brought back in to save the organization, although he's gone off and started his own gun rights group. He doesn't need to be there. But I just, I, you know, I, I worry about the pro-life movement. If the Dobbs opinion is real. And Roe v. Wade goes away. Inarguably, I think there will be pro-life organizations that need to go away. It will be time for them to go away. Mission accomplished. Godspeed. The, and I don't know that they will. I think they will turn to grift and, and fundraising and all this. And, and there will be pro-life organizations that need to stay around. There absolutely will be pro-life organizations that we will need to keep. But I just, I'm, 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 I worry that there will be a bunch of them that just try to fundraise on controversy to stay around as opposed to recognizing, you know what, we did good work, it's time to go away. There will be much work that needs to be done. By the way, speaking of that issue, I'm tired of talking about the abortion issue, but I can't help but notice an alarming report, well, alarming if you're a Democrat, when we come back, they went to, the media went to Arizona, swing state in a swing area. Hmm. Can't find anyone who cares about abortion. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number 877-973-7425. Real quick note. Uh, well, you know, I have been paying attention to the Georgia race in large part because I'm here. My flagship station is here, but it is such a national story. I had a, a reporter from the London Guardian show up in my office yesterday, uh, spending about 45 minutes with me talking about the, the gubernatorial election in Georgia and the Senate race in Georgia. Uh, just real quick, David Perdue challenging Brian Kemp there with Donald Trump's backing has less than a million dollars in the bank. Uh, and is barely spending anything on television. There's a, allegedly $2.4 million in ads coming, but no one's actually sent them in yet, and there are questions being raised. Now, early voting has started in Georgia. Whether or not that is uh, even going to happen, he's got, for perspective, one-tenth of what Brian Kemp has in the bank uh, and is polling at about 20 to 25% now with Kemp over 50%. Uh, so it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Now, I, I got to move on to, to this national story because I genuinely, truly am 
um, it just just fascinated by this particular story. Now, I I, I want to be I, I I need you to know that in all humility, candor, and honesty, I am not just fascinated by this story because I'm right. <laughs> No, no, okay. So y'all should have seen my my voice is cracking like my 13-year-old. Um, y'all should have seen the hate mail that I got last week. Holy moly. Uh, you know, I say all the time, I, I've told you all this story. You know, the 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 possessed men in the cemetery and Jesus asked the the demons what your name is, and the demon says, We Legion, for we are many. And the demons beg Jesus to cast them into the herd of pigs running by. The pigs run down the hill and drowned in the lake. I tell everybody all the time that uh, those demons had to go somewhere. They're eternal beings. When they got out of pigs, they had to go somewhere. And so they clearly started Twitter. That explains social media. That that explains everything. I'm telling you, the horde of Mordor came after me last week for saying people do not care about abortion. There is just a small fringe of people that it fires them up. Uh, about 2% of Republicans and 2% of Democrats are fired up about abortion, pro-life and pro-abortion sides. Well, uh, the media is totally on the side of the pro-aborts. I'm sorry, pro-choice for people. Although Planned Parenthood sent out a memo and said to start calling yourself pro-abortion. Planned Parenthood did. It's not me. It's them. Uh, but Reuters decided to go to Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and and out to the Arizona region. Uh, the, the big, I mean, there's a very big urban area there. You got Scottsdale, you got Tucson, you got Phoenix, uh, and well, I've got an affiliate there as well, uh, KVOI in Tucson, and they were out in that area interviewing women. They interviewed Laura Wilson, a mother of three who lives north of Phoenix. Wilson is 61. She's pro-choice. She voted for Joe Biden. She knew all about the Dobbs decision uh, to overturn Roe v. Wade. She is undecided on who to vote for in the election, whether to go Democrat or Republican. It's the economy and jobs, she said. Wilson was, in fact, one of 21 women interviewed by Reuters in the suburbs around Phoenix and Tucson, a key area for Democrat uh, Mark Kelly's bid to hold on to his Senate seat. The the area around, and just let me give you some names, uh, Tucson is to the south of Phoenix, uh, and they interviewed people in the Catalina foothills. Uh, they interviewed people in uh, Oro Valley. They interviewed people in Picture Rocks, uh, but they focused a lot of it in the Phoenix suburbs. Uh, so they focused it in Scottsdale and Glendale and Peoria and Surprise and Fountain Hills um, and Paradise Valley north of Phoenix, north of the, the if you've ever flown into Phoenix, the Sky Harbor Airport, areas north of there. Uh, what is it? Um, oh, what's the, what's the, what's the mountain area? I, I can't remember it. I don't want to screw it up and have people angry at me and, and call it in. But in any event, 
um, those areas, Glendale, Scottsdale, uh, Paradise Valley, Fountain Hills, they interviewed a lot of women there, 21 of them. And guess what? Calm down. Calm down. Not a single one cared. I know. Isn't it crazy? It's not what the media has been telling you. It, it, it is not what the media has been telling you in all of its hysterical coverage of this. I mean, listen to this. This is this is crazy woman on MSNBC. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, here's the thing. Here's my feeling about the leaker. I, I would like to find out who the leaker is so I can make sweet love to that person because that person is a hero <laughs> to me. Okay, and if the leaker, a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative. If the leaker is a Republican uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. (laughs) I don't know if that answered your question. I probably didn't. Um, I mean, this is the commentary on MSNBC. The commentary in the real world is the economy sucks. Now this, back to Reuters, back to Reuters. Democrats said they hoped the Supreme Court decision will help mobilize Democratic voters, especially women, in an election year where the party has struggled to counter the enthusiasm of Republicans who are widely seen winning at least the House of Representatives and possibly the Senate. Arizona is one of a handful of toss-up Senate seats this November that will decide control of the upper chamber, now controlled by Democrats. It's one of more than 20 Republican-run states where there would be an almost immediate ban on many abortions if the Supreme Court decides to overturn Roe. A ruling is expected in June. Maria Alvarez, 46, a mother and a realtor, says she's pro-choice, but I don't really have a strong opinion on it. She hears about pocketbook issues. She just completed a grocery shop that cost her $400, twice what she paid a year ago. Of the 21 women interviewed by Reuters, five said they were pro-life and Republican. 16 said they were pro-choice. Just two of those 16 said the issue was the top priority for them when they voted in November. While half of the 16 were undecided who to vote for, the other half said they would likely vote Democrat. The women all live in suburbs of Phoenix and Tucson, uh, mostly focused around Maricopa County, Arizona's biggest county. These suburbs have leaned Republican, but in recent election cycles have become fairly evenly split. Christy Johnson, 51, describes herself as an independent. She voted for Donald Trump in 2020, but has voted Democrat. Abortion rights are important to her, but inflation is her major issue. Sharika Bailey, listen to this one. Sharika Bailey is 33. She got tearful talking about her two abortions. She's now adamantly opposed to abortion and says she'll vote Republican. You know, I mentioned this last week that um, women who have abortions tend to be the most pro-life among us, interestingly enough. But regardless of of where you stand on the issue and you all know where I stand. This is not the game changer for the GOP or for the Democrats. Rather, this is not the game changer for the Democrats. Uh, The Democrats really went into the weekend last week thinking this would be the issue 
that they can galvanize voters for. This will be the issue that they can take voters and get them to the polls. This will be the issue to save them from the Republican landslide that's otherwise coming. And it's not. And Reuters actually went to swing areas of Arizona, interviewed swing voters in Arizona, all of whom are suburban women voters, overwhelmingly who are pro-choice or pro-abortion, and overwhelmingly are worried about the economy and the effects of the economy on them. Duh. I mean, in all candor and honesty, duh. Uh, this this is this this is the issue. Ultimately, these people care about the economy. They care about their pocketbook issues. They care about their bottom line. They care about their families' bottom lines, and it's just um, just absolutely fascinating to me that the activist base of the Democratic Party is that far out of touch. Now, there's a related story you should know. It's related, but it doesn't sound related. Increasingly, Elizabeth Warren is taking on a top charge of the Democratic Party. Increasingly, Elizabeth Warren, she has embedded staffers throughout the Biden White House, and they are following her lead on abortion, on bailouts of student loan debts, on a host of issues designed to bail out essentially the professional class, the white professional class. And they sound like they're good populist ideas, but the working class don't want to bail out the professional class. And Elizabeth Warren is in charge right now. Elizabeth Warren is the one taking the lead on these issues, and Democrats are starting to notice. And she has so many staffers in the White House, they're rallying to her side, and she is a progressive's progressive. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to end badly for the Democrats because of it. Uh, it's going to end absolutely badly for them because Elizabeth Warren is out to lunch on these issues. One of the groups that is going to help it in badly for the Democrats is Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile takes a portion of their profits and sends it to the conservative movement, and they increase their profits by having conservatives do business with them. Now, listen, there are a lot of companies out there that say they cater to conservatives. Patriot Mobile was explicitly designed and, and created by a friend of mine who wanted a company that would spend its profits on the conservative movement. And that's what Patriot Mobile does. You take your business to Patriot Mobile. You put your cell phone account with them. They give you data. They give you voice. They use the same towers that all the other companies use. So you don't have to worry about quality. And then they take a portion of the profits and they fund the conservative movement with it. It's a great way to amplify your dollars. If you want to do business with them, and I think you'll like them if you'd give them a try, you get free activation with my name. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them. They got 100% U.S.-based customer service. You call 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. You tell them Eric sent you. You get free activation. You can go online. You can see their coverage map. Patriot Mobile gives you great service, great quality calls, great data. They're Christian, they're conservative, and they put their money where their mouth is. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Look, I'm going to regret out of the gate saying what I'm about to say. And some of you are going to be very angry with me. And I need to apologize to my team because I know what's going to happen um, to them because uh, I don't see it. I have not mentioned it on this radio program. But for a couple of weeks, there has been a very organized, sustained, nonstop, unyielding effort to 
Get Me to Watch 2000 Mules, the Dinesh D'Souza documentary on the 2020 election. And it is a documentary and it is getting tons of views by conservatives. It you it relies on a lot of cell phone data, among other things, of people who went back and forth from certain nonprofits, uh, political activist groups, and drop boxes. It uses camera footage showing people in uh, mass dumping ballots into mailboxes, and you know there there is some evidence there that's really sketchy. But also, it's a propaganda piece of film designed to tell you exactly what you want to hear. Uh, you know, the, the cell phone data is just not that good. And the organization that got the information and has presented it to law enforcement officials, law enforcement officials have tried to follow up on it. Some conservatives in Georgia, I know, in law enforcement tried to look into it, and there was just no there there. It's not because they didn't want it. They very much wanted to find a there there, and they couldn't. And I'm sorry, I just, I watched it. Will you leave me alone now? It didn't persuade me. I understand how it persuaded you, but I'm not persuaded. I've said all along there were problems, just not enough to affect the outcome of the election. And when you're narrated and guided into what you're seeing and you trust who's telling you, you tend to believe it. I will tell you this. Now is the time to sign up to be poll watchers for your local parties. Now is the time to volunteer and learn how to be poll workers for your county. I can't tell you the number of people who I know who have reached out to me in this program who decided that the election was stolen and they must therefore become poll workers for their counties and be in the polling rooms and overseeing the election so they can stamp out the fraud and have come to realize that a lot of what they saw and what a lot of what they thought was vote fraud was actually something legitimate they misunderstood or someone narrated to them that wasn't so. I mean, even even in 2000 Mules, I mean, honestly— you got an iPad, you got a cell phone, you got a um, uh, you got an Apple phone, an iPhone that counts you as three people uh, because they all have their individual cell service. Um, and as much as they can say they weed that out, they really can't. And it's not precise. I just leave me alone now. I saw the movie. I'm no more persuaded than you will be persuaded to the other. Otherwise, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. Y'all think I'm I'm awful for for not? I just I I'm moving on to 2022 and wondering how the election could be stolen from one person, but not all the other people. I told you you wouldn't be happy with me, but now y'all can stop asking me to watch the stupid documentary. It's a propaganda film. That's what it is. I'm going to move on now because otherwise I'm going to get insulting and I don't mean to. I'm just tired of the constant barrage of people demanding that I see it. I did. You know, if you listen to this program, by the way, I'm routinely able and willing to change my mind on things. There's a reason I have it on this. It's not because I don't think there were irregularities. I do, and I've said there were. There were also a lot of legal challenges that Republicans lost along the way that they had bad lawyers and they shouldn't have lost. But I don't find it very productive. 
I don't find it very helpful to keep anchoring in the past. I don't think there was enough irregularities to overthrow or change the outcome of the election. And like in Georgia, you've actually got to find about 50,000 votes, not 11,000, whatever, because there are a lot of people who didn't vote in the presidential election. That's always the case, by the way. There are always people who don't vote in that race, and, and the law is very clear on what you must do, and the people who are arguing these things don't know the law. Um, but I see why people are persuaded. It looks very compelling unless you really pay attention to what you're looking at, and, and they're not helpful to play devil's advocate with you on what you're looking at. So I, I get it. Um but we can move on now, or at least I hope you will. We've got an election to win in November. We've got to take back the House and the Senate. And I don't believe you have to relitigate 2020 to do it. In fact, the guy who is relitigating 2020, David Perdue, is getting his butt kicked in the polling in Georgia. Um, so I'm going to move on, and I hope you will too. I'm going to move on to education when we come back because there is some data out there from Harvard, no less. Well, the Harvard Gazette has this story about the widening racial and economic achievement gap among kids who are locked down and kids who worked. We really need to discuss it. It's way more important than all these mules. <laughs> 